morning or good afternoon or good evening wherever you are in the world. This is Rachel Paling and this is my podcast and we are exploring the topic of what is language coaching. And today I'm absolutely delighted we have a lady with us who has great experience in the language field but has also moved into new areas and I'm very happy to hear from Emma Sue Prince. Emma, good morning. How are you? Good morning. I'm absolutely fine and thank you so much for having me on the show. Well, thank you for being here and really would like you to explain to our listeners your, let's say, your journey through uh, language learning and and what you're doing now. Yes, of course. Well, um, I have quite a sort of eclectic journey. Um, I started off as a language teacher um, English language teacher, and I studied languages, but I didn't stay in general English for very long. I, I very quickly moved into business English because at the time I was um, working with the London Chamber of Commerce and Industry, and they were doing all sorts of language assessments in companies. And so I found myself uh, very early on in my career going into these big companies and doing language audits um, and, and uh, working out what kinds of skills people needed and particularly particular kinds of language skills they needed. So um, I then kind of rapidly went into lots of different things. So um, mainly in business English, and I have done a lot of um, qualifications development, um, working with various awarding bodies, um, linking into employability, and then my, my biggest love and my passion, which is soft skills. I've, I've, I've always integrated um, business English with soft skills and I found myself moving more and more into that field and I think what's been interesting for me is that my early experiences of all of that the industry was still is I should say but the industry in terms of the uh, soft skills and business English uh, at that time was fairly unregulated so it gave me a lot of freedom to do lots of different things so I would sort of say yes to all kinds of of projects, uh, not necessarily having the experience, but I kind of learned as I went along. So it's been it's been a really rich, rich, rich uh, career for me. And in the last, um, I would say, ten years, ten fifteen years, I've done a lot of a lot more consultancy. So I've travelled a lot into emerging economies. So first, it used to be um, Central Europe, European countries. Um, Balkan countries and, and, and Russia, and then um, more recently, much more into the Far East and Asia, and working with employability skills and working on big government projects, donor-funded projects. So really, really, really interesting. And then more recently, I, I, uh, I, I've, I've written a book about soft skills and developed a, a workshop on, on, on that. So I, I would say my, my, my career has, has moved and changed so much. And I've been really fortunate, had so many different kinds of interesting experiences. Wow, wow. Emma Sue, you know, I'm, I'm listening to you and I'm thinking what a fantastic journey of experience. As you said, you know, this um, coming into projects that maybe you at that time were not familiar with, but you then grew and really came into those areas and, and you've developed it to where you are today, which is this uh, soft skill consultancy, which is amazing. Yes. Fantastic. Yes. Very fortunate. Really, really fortunate. So yeah. it's, it's been great. Yeah. And how, how 
in all these years, how do you think that the language learning industry has changed? I think there has been a lot of changes. Um, it, it, I mean, ranging from everything from, from how we teach, you know, the methodologies that we use, um, to the emphasis on different aspects of language, which, which differ in, diff in various parts of the world. I think now there is a much stronger lean towards um, including the softer skills within language development. And I think this is something that actually teachers have been doing for a long time. It just may not be very explicit, but I believe that, that trainers and, and, and English teachers and business English teachers, and you know, we have all these different labels for ourselves, yes. but I think they have been um, finding themselves more and more um, having to deliver a whole range of softer skills, and I think that's been the biggest change. So that's one, sorry, one of the biggest changes has been that move from, from language to um, employability and soft skills that I've seen. And the other major change, of course, is technology, which has completely... You know, completely transformed how we might deliver things. And you know, I I deliver lots of webinars now. And when I first started doing that, it was terrifying yes. and complicated. And now it's so easy. You know, yes. so um, the way that people access language learning has changed yes. completely, completely. Um, and also, I think another change is, is is the way companies invest in training and. You know, there's a big, big move now to a big shift to learning on mobile devices. Um, and so people are looking more and more to easy ways to access this kind of learning. Yes, yes. And you're right. I think, firstly, I think a lot of the, the teachers, the trainers out there in this field um, intuitively have adapted through the years and are adapting. And I think, you know, this global accessibility is incredible. Um, I share with you the, the webinar experience, and you and I were talking uh, about the i that you know the pod experience, the podcast experience of mm. all of that we're doing mm. is new for us. But it's phenomenal because we really can connect with people mm. all over the world. And I think in yes. that respect, we're very grateful to modern technology. We also are very cautious of uh, where it could take us. But yes, yes. I, I do agree with you on every level there. Now, what about language coaching? So coaching, I mean, I think coaching is, is quite a big term. And um, if I could, um, before I talk about language coaching specifically, if I could just talk about coaching generally, yes, um, because, again, like um, business English training used to be, not so much now, but used to be, and certainly uh, like soft skills are now, um, there's no regulation for coaching. I know there are qualifications and I know there are, you know, courses that people can do but but globally and generally there is no real um industry regulation so this means that you can you know anybody can actually set themselves up as a coach and i just want to give you a little example of this because i myself am not trained as a coach i have no coaching qualifications whatsoever but because of um the workshop that i deliver which is quite experiential yeah. we do some follow-up coaching mm -hmm. and that follow-up coaching is literally you know it, it's meeting with with the person and talking them through some of the feedback and looking at ways that they can bring some of these skills into their work and into their lives and you know but it's called coaching so that's just an example of how you know I, I don't have a qualification but I can you know I could not that I would but I could call myself um, a coach so coaching is unregulated and there are lots of different kinds of coaches you know yes. there are uh, career coaches and life coaches and um 
development coaches and love coaches. I mean, you, you yes, can literally, absolutely. any kind of term you can think of, there's a coach for it. That's you know? right. Yep. That's right. <laughs> um, so now we have um, language coaching. So, um, so I think um, I, I think there is a current trend towards language coaching. And I think that also is probably being driven to some extent by the market mm-hmm. and to some extent by the fact that trainers um, will go into perhaps a corporate environment or they're working with people on, on language and on, on skills. And then there is a need for that very specific coaching and support to help that person. And I suspect, I don't know, and maybe you know your listeners may, may, may well know more about this than I do, but I suspect that the language coach is actually doing a lot more than just coaching on language. Right. Well, as you know, as my podcast is proving, there are many, many, many different opinions um, yes. and many different um, aspects that people are doing as a language coach. And here yes. it's really about embracing and respecting all of them, um, from the academics to the, you know, the, the real hands-on, um, and saying, well, you know, what is the definition? Is there a definition? There isn't a definition, as you said, yes. and it's not regulated. So yeah. we, we have yeah. those uh, bodies, uh, we have the International Coach Federation, the European Coach Board, that are driving the standards, if you like, of a profession and trying yes. to keep a uniformity. And I think that's that's really the, the case. You know, how can we all come into some type of uniformity where we are um, adhering to some guidance, some standards, yeah. some yeah. competences, etc. One thing I would just like to add here as well, because it's been my experience of working with um, English language trainers and business English trainers, is that because of the way that they are trained uh, in terms of methodology and facilitation skills, you know, people who have been trained with Delta and, you know, or, or, or beyond, you know, and have, have quite high level facilitation skills. These teachers and trainers are really, really well, um, well equipped and have, I believe, have the really, really good attitude and, and um, approach around the kinds of things that I do with soft skills, because obviously that's all, you know, soft skills is also not completely regulated. And I find that the, the teachers and trainers I work with are really good at being able to adapt yes. and being able to, to make use of their methodology and their training yep. to really deliver amazing uh, sessions. And I, and I think that's also the case with coaching. So yep. what, I, what I'm saying, I guess, is that, you know, although it's, Anyone can go out and call themselves a coach and all the rest of it. I, I think that language trainers and people who, because, you know, because we do, I'm not the only person who's had such a varied journey. You know, lots and lots right. of trainers have got, are doing all kinds of interesting things. And, and, yeah. and as you say, they have adapted and, and they really work to their strengths. And I think that that is what actually makes them, makes them great trainers and makes them probably, you know, great coaches. Yeah. They have that natural, sense more than perhaps other people because they've had that training and that experience and I think it's really important to point that out because I do come across coaches in other fields who don't you know they're not teachers they've never been trained as teachers or trainers and so they're not as good actually I have to say Yes, yes, yes. No, absolutely. I agree. You know, when I started with um, business English coaching and legal English coaching, it was very much that sort of approach of adapting to the clients. And, you know, that's how I developed as well. The experience and the training that we all have steers us into that 
I would say, adapting, moulding, and really coming into the needs of each and every client because they're all different. Mm-hmm. And it's that, yes. that question of, you know, how do we then either enhance it or what other skills can we add or what other, let's say, um, information can we bring in to help mm. that learning process. So yes, it, it is. It's, and you're right, there are thousands and thousands of um, trainers, teachers, educators who are brilliant. And as I always say, there are many who are intuitively coming into the coaching side. Yes, yes. And I, right. it's, a, it's a worldwide phenomenon. It's not yes. only a European phenomena, an American ph- phenomena. I'm getting people from all over the world who are intuitively demonstrating some amazing coaching skills. Yes, yes. I think that's Without realising it, you know? It's, uh, it's, it's wonderful. So how do you see the future of the language industry? <laughs> well, I always say, and, and those who know me, uh, I always say the future is soft. Um, so, you know, I, I believe very much that the skills that are uniquely human are the skills that we, that we need. And, 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 and Will, 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 will be sustain, sustainable, and, and, and language is one of them. Um, uh, Pearson have done some recent research called the 2030 Research, which actually, 2030 is not that far away. <laughs> when right. I first read it, I thought, oh, that's ages away, but actually it's not. Um, a bit scary. But um, they, they, you know, they've come at it from, you know, the future is not all going to be about automation. But yes, many jobs, you know, they will be automated, but actually that there are a whole set of skills yeah. that are linked to most professions um, that are uniquely human. And so it's those skills that we need to be nurturing and developing. Um, and it's, it's things like, you know, being able to have fluidity of ideas, lots of different ideas, be able to tap into that creativity, that resourcefulness, yes. being able to use empathy, um, because empathy drives all our relationships, and relationships are, are everything. So yeah. it doesn't matter how much technology there is or how much you know um, automation there is um, for many, many professions. And, I have, and, and I'm happy to say that teaching and training are one of the professions that will um, still be around for a long, long time, according to this research. Yes. Um, you know, there will always be a need for these softer skills, and, and these are the things that will make people stand out. So... If I connect that with language, you know, interestingly, a couple of years ago when I was in India doing, um, working on an employability skills project and, and I was asking people, you know, to define what soft skills are because that's, you know, if you ask that question, people will come up with a whole different range of all kinds of skills, um, you know. Um, and one of the skills that they said was a soft skill was English. So they didn't see it as a language skill. They saw it as a soft skill. And that was wow. such, a, such a light bulb moment for me when, 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 people, when I heard people in India saying that. Because I thought, okay, I hadn't thought of it like that before. So I think language learning is, is intricately linked with how we communicate on all different levels, all different aspects. So for me, it has to be really closely, closely connected with our softer skills. And I think that's where it will just start to naturally um, integrate and naturally be, be part of how people are learning and, and, and what they're accessing. Because, you know, people can access so much on their own that there are certain things that need that, that extra support. Yes, 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 yes. And, you know, as you're speaking, I'm, I'm thinking about 
Um, I think it's the Nelson Mandela quote, you know, speak to somebody in a language they understand and you speak to their brain, speak to somebody in the language that is their language and you speak to their heart. Yes. And it's, it's really about, you know, in the end, we are all humans. We're all in this together. Um, It's about how we can move forward um, making life more sustainable and, and maybe a, a happier place for all of us. And, and the key here is how we communicate, isn't it? It really is. I mean, there's another lovely quote from, I think it's the, the, the London School of Economics, um, the, the, the person leading that at the moment. And he says that, you know, the past is, in the past, work, work was about muscle. Yes. Um, in, in the present, it's about knowledge. And in the future, it'll be about the heart. I mean, that's not, I'm sure his quote was much more eloquently expressed than what I've just said. But, but, it, but I just love that, you know, yes. because um, I think, you know, what, what I find lovely about that is that we can get so, so kind of sort of scared by technology and thinking, oh, my gosh, you know, it's yeah. all too much. And it's over. But actually, what I see more and more, really, is that people want to connect. And yes. it is about the heart. And it is about, yeah. um, you know, we can use technology. Like you said, we can use technology to help us connect more with other people. And I think that's what it's about. People want connection. They want relationships. They want communication. And so, yeah. you know, language and coaching totally fits into that absolutely and then if we add the cultural side and the cultural respect for each other wow we've got uh, a full house um and yes i i think um we're coming back into our hearts we're coming back into how to bring a future that's going to help us to connect we're wired in our brains to be connected but i i always say that we are a holistic system you know um you know i I deal a lot with neuroscience i talk a lot about neuroscience and Mm -hmm. neuroscience is not about the brain it's about neurons, the nervous system. And that means Mm. we are a holistically connected system. We have neurons in the heart. Mm. And many people Mm. don't realize that. And um, no, and it's wonderful to hear you say that it really is. And um, (laughs) we can only encourage um, all of our listeners to to really come into this, this type of communication. And this yes. type of working together, collaborating, and and bringing out a new a new way forward. How wonderful yes. that would be! Wow, <laughs> Emma Sue, I think we've uh, we've really brought some positivity and some wonderful food for thought for our listeners. Any final comments before we sign off today? Um, as we've been speaking, when we first started talking, it was pouring with rain. And now the sun has come out, and I just feel that's, uh, yeah, I, I just feel there's been a great big burst of energy wow. um, into my day from this, um, from this interview. So, so yes. thank you. Wow. And I hope everyone's, you know, everyone listening has got some food for thought and some inspiration. Yes. yes. Um, Yes. And, you know, um, my final thought is, um, I know that you're in the UK. And um, the other day, uh, I was so impressed, and I'm I'm sure you saw it. Uh, A little boy with cancer, there there was a, um, a, let's say, a help message to the world to say, please, we need people to come in and donate uh, blood and bone marrow and things like that. Did you see how many people went to help this little boy, Emma Sue? Mm, I did. I did. Wow. 4,655 people were queuing up outside to help this little boy. They were standing in the rain, but they were there. 
Yeah. Wow. Oh, it is. It is. So how about we end up our podcast with that wonderful thought that, yes, (laughs) uh, humanity lives. Emma Sue, thank you so much for today. And uh, thank you for having me on the show. And thank you to all my listeners. And join me next time. Bye bye. 